Hey mamas, welcome back to another episode of Mommy Locks Your Strong Ass Mother. Today's episode is on co-sleeping slash bed sharing versus crib sleeping. So can I just start off by saying that there's nothing wrong with either or. Some moms won't agree with me, but at the end of the day, you gotta do what's A, best for you, and B, what works for you and the baby. So it is what it is, take it as it is, but that's my train of thought. For us, mainly me, we use both, so bed sharing and crib sleeping, but more so bed sharing instead of her crib, and here's why. When my partner was here, we used her crib a little bit more. She would nap in her crib, and at night we would put her in her crib, and when she would wake up for her only night feeding, we would bring her to our bed because she had a hard time going back to sleep alone, even if we used soothing mechanisms. So we bring her to her bed, we feed her, and then when we try to put her back to bed, she wants nothing to do with it. Now that my partner is back at work, not in Ottawa, and is away from Monday to Friday early afternoon, I feel like having her with me is just easier. For one, it's just easier to make her fall asleep. Two, if I have to do a random night feeding, I don't have to get up. I can just feed her there and then have her go back to sleep. Side note, I'll usually have a ready-to-use formula and a bottle to crack open on the side if she wakes up so I don't have to go all the way to the kitchen. But it also needs to be noted that regardless, her crib is in our room for right now. Um, I just don't really want to do the walk from my bed to her crib because maybe for you guys, maybe non-parents or whatever, um, waking up at 2 a.m. is easy for you, but when you had a long day with the baby nonstop and then you have to wake up at 2 a.m., the last thing you want to do is physically get up and go grab your baby. You just want to be able to just do everything right then and there, so that's what I do. And finally, number three, and some people might not be okay with this. I don't really care. It just makes me feel less lonely in a sense because I'm so used to having somebody around, but I feel like just having her there makes me feel more comfortable. And I feel like she's more comfortable too, to be quite honest. All three of those points work best for me. I have a whole routine down and everything. So now obviously I make sure that her sleeping environment is safe. So no choking hazards, but the same could be said if your baby was only sleeping in a crib. So nothing that can be loose or nothing that could prevent her from, you know, be used for her in a negative light. So having something that's a choking hazard or, you know, suffocating hazard, anything that has to do with SIDS. Because yes, SIDS can happen in a crib, not just when you're bed sharing with the baby. With that being said, just because she sleeps with me in my bed, it doesn't necessarily mean that I personally sleep great. Sometimes I have to sleep crooked because of the way she sleeps or she leaves me no space because she wants to be super close to me no matter how far I put her in my bed. This also means that sometimes, whether we like it or not, my partner has to sleep on the couch because sometimes there's just no space for him, but we manage. It's kind of like honestly playing Tetris. I feel like if he falls asleep first with her in the bed, it's easier for me to figure out my way, wiggle my way in the bed. But if it's the other way around because he's obviously taller, it's harder for him to do so. And this piece right here of having your partner sleep on the couch, I feel like is really accurate for a lot of couples, a lot of parents 
who decide to bed share or co-sleep with their babies or toddlers, a lot of the times you'll hear one parent say, yeah, my partner or the mom or the dad or whatever sleeps with the baby and then I have to sleep on the couch because there's just no space for me. And the reality is, whether you have queen bed or a king bed, sometimes you'll have to sleep on the couch. You know, when I was pregnant, I remember someone saying that I shouldn't have to worry about the nursery that much because the baby will most likely be sleeping with you. And the nursery will kind of be like a storage facility until you're fully ready to use it. And now you see what they meant because it's completely true. I envisioned what my life would have been post baby. And it's not that it's not that, but it kind of isn't. Like I have my crib and everything, but literally her part of the room so her nursery part of the room is literally kind of like a storage facility and i have other people that i know recently who've also given birth to wonderful beautiful babies who literally do the same their baby's crib is just full of clothing and honestly it's on we just can't get to it we just can't get to putting the clothes away anyways i was getting off track but basically a lot of mamas that i know it's the same thing. The nursery right now is more like a storage facility. The other day though, I sold my car to a couple and I was talking to the mom and we were having a conversation about our babies. And she was actually saying how she decided to co-sleep because she found that co-sleeping was better for her and easier for her because her babies would go back to sleep better and faster. She has two babies. And honestly, I completely agreed. And everything she was saying, completely agreed point a to point z agreed i also have a few friends who also do the same and then i have friends who use the crib or bassinet which is you know to each their own like if it works for you congratulations it works for you it doesn't work for you it's not the end of the world and you'll probably get there eventually but just not now so even though co-sleeping works best for me these are typically the reasons why some say you shouldn't co-sleep or you shouldn't bed share. Number one, your kids may develop a sleep crutch. Always having a parent around at bedtime can become a strong sleep onset association, also called a sleep crutch or sleep prop. Something your kids can't drift off without. Your children need to learn how to fall asleep without a parent nearby. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'll come back. I'll revisit this after. Your kids may display anxious behaviors. In addition to developing the sleep crutch, some children will come to expect interactions like back rubbing, patting, and being held to fall asleep. They may be diagnosed or they may be misdiagnosed as anxious because since they have a hard time falling asleep without a parent nearby, they sometimes display anxious behaviors convince a parent to stay nearby at bedtime. Number three, one bedtime doesn't fit all. Okay, so children of different ages need different amounts of sleep and their bedtimes will vary obviously accordingly. In families that share a bed, parents and older children end up turning in much earlier than they might wish based on the youngest children's needs. This situation easily becomes frustrating for everyone involved. Number four, your sleep quality may suffer. Agree. As notoriously restless and active sleepers, children can disrupt their parents' sleep by kicking or thrashing around. 
Some families or many families in which one parent, most often the father, ends up sleeping in a different room entirely. The parent with the children often becomes exhausted by either the restless sleep of the kids or the needs of each kid after an awakening. Another point, your relationship may suffer. For many couples with children, evenings are the only time they have to be alone together. So when you're sharing a bed with your kids, however, they're literally separating you from your partner. The co-sleeping arrangement leaves little time or space for intimacy. Moving on to another point, it increases the risk of SIDS and suffocation. And of course, don't forget that co-sleeping increases the risk of sudden infant death syndrome. So SIDS. Parents or objects like pillows may unknowingly roll onto the baby at night, leading to injury, suffocation, or death. The AAP says co-sleeping is especially dangerous if the baby is younger than four months, was born prematurely, or had a low birth weight. The risk also increases if someone in bed smokes, drinks, or if the co-sleeping surface is soft and has bedding. All these points that I've just pulled out are from parents.com. So if I wanted to revisit a couple of these, like the first one where I said I didn't necessarily agree, which was um, your kids may develop a sleep, a sleep grudge. Now, I'm not saying that it may not be true for some babies or some infants, toddlers, but for my daughter, even if we co-sleep at night. I don't really think that for me, the whole bed sharing, co-sleeping thing is a crutch for her because little girl will sleep anywhere. And I think she kind of gets that for me. She can sleep in her crib. She can sleep on her rocking chair. She can sleep if I were to put it on the floor. I don't. I'm just saying on the floor. She sleeps on my mom's bed. She can sleep on my sister's bed. She can sleep anywhere, honestly, no problem. So I don't necessarily believe that bed sharing can be a sleep crutch. Maybe, obviously, if it's being said, it's probably because it, it's ha it has happened. But I don't see that as an issue for my daughter, only just because it hasn't happened for us. Something else that I wanted to pinpoint was your sleep quality may suffer, which is true. I think I already mentioned it. Um, sometimes your sleep will be shitty and it's not necessarily because the baby's moving too much or anything like that. Just like if your baby was sleeping in a bassinet or a crib, I think subconsciously, even if you know your baby's fine, you're still going to wake up a lot through the night just to make sure that your baby's still sleeping, just to make sure that your baby's okay. This has nothing to do with bed sharing because you can do the same thing. Your sleep quality can still be shitty even if your baby is sleeping in a crib or a bassinet. But I, again, understand where they're coming from when they say you might suffer from good sleep. And something else I wanted to talk about right before is um, SIDS. SIDS can happen, honestly, whether you're sharing a bed with your baby or in a crib, which is why if you have a crib or you have a bassinet, make sure that you don't leave anything that's loose anything that can roll over your baby, fall on your baby, especially if they're young, they obviously don't have the strength to push it away. This goes for blankets. If you're a parent that decides to put a blanket on your baby, some parents might disagree with that, but some parents do put blankets on their baby. And at the end of the day, 
if you're practicing safe sleeping anyways, your baby should be fine as long as you don't put, you know, the blanket, in my opinion, very close to their face. No toys, no teddy bears. If you're going to have, some people have like, uh, I think it's called sleep bumpers or whatever for the crib so that the baby doesn't stay stuck in between the crib bars or whatever. Usually that is not recommended because unless it has like a mesh wall or something, the baby can still suffocate through that because there's nothing in between the baby and that blocker for them to breathe properly. So I'm not a big fan of sleep blockers, but if you use it, good on you. I'm assuming if you're using it, it's because you're paying attention and you you know yourself and your capabilities more than anybody else. When it comes to pillows, I kind of, I feel like pillows a touchy subject because some parents will let their baby sleep with the pillow and some won't. For us, we got the okay for a baby to sleep with a pillow and that's only because she had developed GERD, so baby GERD. And so she had really bad reflux, acid reflux, and amongst other stuff. And so her sleeping flat was not okay for her. She was never comfortable. She would never sleep. And so we bought like a prop for her to be more inclined when she slept. Or we would have like a pillow that would kind of elevate her a little bit. And because we started that at a very young, I guess, age, not even one yet, but we started it younger. She grew attached and she grew to understand, I guess, if that makes sense, how to use a pillow. So obviously we pay more attention to her because she's using a pillow. But other than that, I mean, if you're practicing safe sleeping, whether it's bed sharing, crib or bassinet, SIDS can still happen. So I kind of want to like remove that stigma of SIDS can only happen if you're bed sharing because that's absolutely not true. If we move on to now the benefits of bed sharing with your baby, your infant, this is what they are. It promotes bonding. Three things encourage mother-child bonding is sleeping nearby, touching the baby, and breastfeeding. Number two, helps baby go to sleep easier. In the early months, infants need to be parented to sleep. Not just put down, which can be traumatic if left alone to cry. Co-sleeping helps to create a healthy attitude towards sleep. Babies learn to regard sleep as a pleasant state to enter and a fearless state, fearless state in which to remain. Number three, it helps babies sleep better. It's a myth that young infants can be trained to sleep throughout the night in the first six months. Babies naturally wake up every couple of hours regardless of where they sleep. Many find it hard to wrestle after these periods of night waking. If a baby is sleeping next to his mother or her mother, her very presence conveys that it's safe to go back to sleep. Since the baby feels calm, he or she either doesn't fully awaken or wrestles easily and quickly with the help of her touch and perhaps a few minutes of nursing. So basically, the baby wakes up, sees you there, they will fall back asleep because they feel safe. Uh, I believe this is number four. It helps parents sleep (laughs) better. So you see how like things can kind of contradict each other. Some people will say bed sharing can make your sleeping quality crappy. And some will say that bed sharing will actually improve your sleeping. So night feedings, can become less of a chore. Of course, breastfeeding is ideal. 
and mom and baby can quickly fall back into a deep sleep. So I kind of see what they're talking about because if I do have to wake up, you know, at night to feed my baby, she falls asleep right back and I'm literally right behind her sleeping. Um, number five, helps working parents reconnect with the baby. For mothers and babies who are separated during the day, sleeping sharing allows them to be reunited at night. So this is especially beneficial for moms who continue to breastfeed after they return to work. Frequent nighttime nursing will maintain mom's milk supply and ensure that the baby gets plenty of nutritious breast milk. In addition, the act of sucking simulates hormones that have a relaxing effect on the mother, helping her to unwind and enabling her to get a better night's sleep. Number six, it helps babies thrive. For years, we have known that a newborn who is not gaining weight fast enough improves if his mother or her mother takes him to bed and nurses him. Today, we have scientific studies that confirm this. Good and healthy things happen when your baby sleeps with you. So these whole points come from CCE, Suffolk County Family Health and Wellness. I want to know, mamas, or anyone listening who is a parent, how do you guys feel about you know, bed sharing versus, you know, bassinet or crib sleeping. If I'm completely honest with you guys, I haven't really met any parent who really uh, puts their baby to sleep in a crib or a bassinet, maybe for nap time, but not necessarily for the full night. Even just like when I watch YouTube and I watch vlogs of, you know, couples who have, you know, their babies, a lot of them actually bed share. So I want to know what you guys think about this. Do you bed chair? Do you crib sleep? There's nothing to be ashamed of if you do either or. Like I said, you do what's best for you. But I just wanted to put it out there because I feel like it's kind of taboo when people say that they bed chair with their kid because the past couple of months I've been a mom, all I've heard is bed sharing. Rarely do I hear crib sharing. So I just wanted to see what you guys thought, your input. Don't forget to have some sort of bird's eye view on your baby, on your toddler, on on your kids while they're sleeping so that you can have peace of mind if you're working and two, that you know that you'll be there for them if something were to happen ASAP. That's it for me today, mamas. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you guys think about this topic, this somewhat controversial topic, I guess um in my comments or message me and let me know for right now don't forget to follow me on instagram at mommy Lux podcast and i will see you guys 